Rebecca Walker, thank you for joining us today on our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. Today we will be continuing our four-part series on the Holy Spirit, United in Christ. Scripture will be coming from Ephesians, the second chapter, starting at the 19th verse, going through the 22nd verse. Let's read. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophet. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord through him You Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So we're going to be discussing the Holy Spirit unites Christians in Christ together. Let's wrap. So as you can see here, Paul was talking to the Ephesians in this particular verse about the temple for the Lord. And we know that in order for us to work like we need to work in the body of Christ, then we must be joined together in unity. So in order for us to work together in unity, then we need to have harmony and work together as Christ has given us through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be experienced by all and he works through all, whether you were Jew or Greek, Gentile, whether you were bound or free, Whatever the purpose or or whatever the situation or the circumstances going on in their lives at that time, Paul was letting them know that no matter who you were, if you was in the body of Christ, if you had accepted Jesus Christ as his as your whole as your savior, then you were joined together by God's spirit. Like we talked about in the first part of the series, by us being joined together in the spirit of God makes us the body of Christ. And in this particular scripture called Paul was talking um, to them and letting them know that you're joined together, that we have been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus being the cornerstone of this building and the foundation, the foundation, the cornerstone is something that's so um, particular to the building holding up and staying on its ground that it's got to be in place. And that's what Paul was talking about as far as Jesus Christ being the, the um, cornerstone of that. When Paul becomes a servant of the gospel in this particular um, scripture here, in that, 20, in that 19 through the 22nd verse, a church building is sometimes called God's house house. But in reality, we're not talking about the building because the the house of God is in us, the church. We are the church. People are joined together sometimes in a in a in a group of people are sometimes joined together in a building and they call it a church. But you got to know that you are the church and your body is joined together with Jesus Christ as the head. Me joined together with other Christians and all of us are joined together through the Holy Spirit. God household is not a building, but a group of people. He lives in us and shows us himself to a watching world through us. So the world is able to see us through Christ. 
and, and, and the way that we live, the way that we treat each other. And so many times in the church, we find so many different problems going on and so many different rifts in the church that we're torn apart. So we're talking about unity today. We're talking about being joined together through the spirit of God, through his spirit in one body with one mind on one of the cord that we may join together the kingdom of God through his word. People can see that God is love and that Christ is, is Lord as we live in harmony with each other in accordance with what God says in his word. We are citizens of God's kingdom and members of his household. What does it mean to be built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophet? It means that the church is not built on modern ideas, but rather on the spiritual heritage, on the spiritual things. That's what the church is built on. It's built on the Holy Spirit. It's built on the, the working of the prophets and the um, apostles, the long time ago things that were done, and even on things that's being done right now. First Corinthians, the chapter. The 12th chapter and the 4th verse, 12th chapter. Actually, we're going to start at number one. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the spiritual abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to be misunderstood about this. You know that when you were still pagans or unsaved, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So if, if it's a house divided against itself, it won't stand. So what it's saying is that you can't be talking against Jesus, but say you are for God because God and Jesus are one person together. As I told you before in the first part of the series that there um, the Trinity, the three part being, you know, God, Christ and the Holy Spirit. So you can't be talking against Jesus Christ, but saying you are a messenger of God. So Paul was just letting them know. And in the fourth verse, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. All of us have different gifts. All of us are gifted spiritually. And these gifts are given by God. So everyone that has a spiritual gift, you got it from God. So the problem in the church that somebody is always thinking that their gift is more important than the other person's gift. And what happened, this petty stuff causes division in the church. And I'm talking about unity today. In order for us to be united together in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be one body, one mind, under one accord, then we have to realize that you can't be everywhere doing every single thing. You know, in, further down in this scripture here, it talks about the body of Christ having many members. And we got to know that the body is just like our human body. We have eyes, we have ears, we have a nose, we have a tongue. We got a, a left hand, we got a right hand, we got a left foot, a right foot. And all of these individual parts is amazing in the way that they work together to keep the body functioning. And that's how we have to be in the body of Christ. You can't be an eye if you are an ear because you look pretty crazy sitting in the middle of my face looking like an ear. So that's why I'm saying here that Christ is the head, but we are the members in this body working 
um, unity together in harmony. If you are in a harmony and you're singing and one person is a baritone and one person is an alto and you're trying to sing in one place that you ain't supposed to be, you're going to throw the whole thing off. And that's what happens in the body of Christ. Now, what was happening here in the Corinthians church, they was fussing about the gifts. They was thinking that one gift was more important than the other when all they were saying that each gift was giving that it might edify the body of Christ, that it might build upon the foundation that the apostles, that the prophets laid and that Jesus Christ himself laid when he came here and lived and died. So we got to learn how to work together in unity. Be a blessing to one person's gift and let that person be a blessing to your gift. And, you know, one thing I always say is that the body of Christ or the church is crippled because people are holding back their gifts. So you have a handicapped church. The reason why it's handicapped is because if you are sitting out there and you're sitting on your gift, then the church can't function properly because you're not operating in the gift that you need to operate in that God have given you. So we realize that all of these gifts are working together. And number seven says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another person, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. And to another person, the same Spirit gives the great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesize. He gives someone else the ability to discern uh, whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown tongues while another is given the ability to interpret the tongues. I'm talking about the gifts that God had given in the church and the way that they operate that the church can function normally so it can function and be a, a, a blessing to everybody. He alone decides which gift each person should have. God himself alone decided who should have what gift. So we got one body working with many parts. And we look over here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, it talks about the unity starting at that fourth verse. It says, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one father of all who is over all and through all in all, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it to us. So we know that everything worked together here. And when you look in here, the oneness of all believers, believers, our unity is our experience in the body. The fellowship of the believers is the church, the spirit, the Holy Spirit who activate, activate the fellowship. The Holy Spirit activates it. He starts us up. He, he allows us to work together in unity with each other. Then the hope, the glorious future to which we are called. That's our hope. That's where our hope come from. And then the Lord, Christ, to whom we all belong. Faith, our singular commitment to Christ. 
So our faith is what we believe in Christ. Our commitment is our faith. Our belief in Christ. That's where our faith. And our baptism is a sign of the entry into the church, into the body of Christ. That's when we get baptized, an openly show of us coming to acceptance of Jesus Christ. We're talking about unity here. We're talking about everything working together. So it's everything working hand in hand together. And God, who is our father, who keeps us all for eternity. Too often believers are separated because of minor differences in doctrine. But Paul here shows those areas where Christians must agree to obtain true unity. When believers have the this unity of spirit, petty differences should never be allowed to dissolve that unity. Let's apply. So we got to realize that our petty differences can hinder the unity of the body of Christ. So we got to start working together. We got to start working together, whether you be Baptist or whether you be Methodist or whether you be Presbyterian or whether you be Pentecostal. It don't matter. All that is, is a religion. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship. This is where we're working together that we can achieve one goal. And that goal is to to um, further the kingdom of God and to build upon this kingdom by leading others to Christ and accepting Jesus Christ as a personal savior. So we thank God for unity and maturity in the body of Christ. And that is what we're working for. And that is what we're working towards. And once you have the Holy Spirit working in unity together, allowing the Holy Spirit to give you the power together. And, and um, then that, that Holy Spirit marks the beginning of your Christian relationship. And then in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. It talks about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All this come through the Spirit of God, and our unity is through the Spirit of God. So we're all working together in unity to achieve one goal, and that's to continue to share Jesus Christ with the entire world. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just praise and magnify your holy name. God, we thank you for who you are in our lives. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for this series on the Holy Spirit, God. And God, we ask that you just cover your word, God. You said your word would not go out void, that it will accomplish what you have sent it to do, God. So all those that's under the sound of my voice, God, let your Holy Spirit go out, God, and touch their hearts, God, and let the um, Spirit prepare their hearts that when it come forth, God, that it will fall upon good ground and it will take root in their lives, God, and spring forth and produce much fruit, God. We thank you for those that might be listening that are not saved, God. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit to convict them, God, convert them, God, and that they will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and accept him as their personal Savior, God, and their new life will begin with the power of the Holy Spirit, God. So we ask you to do it right now, God, according to your will, God, according to your plan and according to the purpose for which you have for their lives. Lord, we praise you and we glorify you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank everyone for joining us in our four-part series in the Holy Spirit. We want to remind you that next week we'll be concluding our series with a roundtable discussion with Elder Walker and myself. So we want to encourage you to join us for the conclusion of Holy Spirit. As always, thank you for joining us in Yasha, young and sharing his anointing. I am Elder Michael Walker. Until the next time, have a blessed day.